Every Hair Counts is a show about keeping the hair you have and replacing the hair you've lost. Hosted by Dr. Baines and Susan Jernigan from Jernigan's Hair Replacement Clinic. This episode is called The Art of Hair Transplants. F-U-E to F-U-T. Which one is right for you? Welcome to Every Hair Counts. I'm Jason Kong here with Susan Jernigan, Natasha Ochterberg, and Dr. Sujeev Baines. And today, we're going to be spending some time discussing hair transplants. And Susan, this is an area here that I'm very excited to talk to you about because, well, let's just start with who is this for a hair transplant? Who should be interested in this and how can this help us? Anyone losing their hair should be interested in this. If you're losing your hair and you want to have that hair back regrowing, then you need to come in, let us examine your hair, let us examine the scalp, see what's going on, and we can talk about a hair transplant. Hair transplants give you back your own growing hair. There are a couple of methods with a hair transplant. There's FUE and FUT. Dr. Baines and Natasha can discuss what those differences are. But we love to give clients back their own growing hair. We love to watch their hair come in and grow after they've had the procedure done. We love their comments. We love to see how it's positively affected their life and their lifestyle and even how they socialize differently with others just because it has built their confidence to a level that they didn't even think they needed it to be built to, but all of a sudden they're finding themselves happier when they get up in the morning, happier when they're in that mirror dressing, and happier to go to their hairdressers and their hairdressers say, wow, your hair's growing. Yeah, that's got to be a wonderful feeling. Dr. Baines, I want to go to you right now because Susan gave us a couple of abbreviations when it comes to hair transplants, F-U-E and F-U-T. Well, F-U-T, I think I'm going to go to Natasha for that one, but let's start with F-U-E. What do we need to know about that, Dr. Baines? F-U-E and F-U-T are both methods that we can use for hair transplantation surgery. F-U-E is known as a follicular unit extraction method, and that's where we actually have to generally shave the occipital area of the scalp, but we can do a no-shave method as well. After doing the shave, we actually can individually extract the follicular units, thereby placing them in a holding solution and then retransplanting them wherever the client desires. All right, Natasha, you're up. Tell us about FUT. What does that mean to us in terms of hair transplants? FUT is a transplant method where we take a small strip of hair from the back of the scalp, suture that area closed, so you're left with a fine linear scar in the back of the scalp. That strip of hair is then taken under microscopes, and we will individually dissect that into the individually growing bundles of ones, twos, and threes, and then we will make small sites and place those individual bundles of ones, twos, and threes where the patients need the hair. Okay, so that makes sense for these two different types of hair transplants. Natasha, how do you help someone figure out which is the better fit for them, whether it's FUE or FUT? Oftentimes, that depends on how a patient's going to wear their hair after the procedure. Men who like to cut their hair very short, do a high and tight, military patients, they really usually prefer the FUE method because then they're not left with a linear scar. The FUE procedure allows patients to wear a much shorter haircut after the procedure. Oftentimes, though, men like to wear a longer haircut, and women... Women don't generally shave their head at all, and they definitely don't want to shave their head for a procedure, and a small scar is never going to show for them. So most of our ladies and gentlemen who wear a longer hairstyle do prefer the FUT method. 
Sometimes there are other factors that go into this. A very tight scalp may not be able to get a large number with a strip method, so they still may be better suited for an FUE method, even if they wear a longer hairstyle. Whereas patients looking for a very large number of grafts may not be able to appropriately harvest them with an FUE and may need to look at a strip method in order to give them the appropriate donor coverage. Susan, it sounds like there's some options here then when it comes (laughs) to hair transplants. What do we need to know about timing as well? Because while the results sound wonderful, some people may be a little bit nervous based on recovery time. What do we need to know about this process? How long it takes? When can we see start seeing results? So after a hair transplant procedure, a patient typically for the first couple of weeks, they'll be in a, a kind of a healing process. That what happens when you place a graft in the top of the scalp, it's going to scab over and those scabs are going to shed within seven to 10 days. Then it's, you're pretty much just kind of looking like you did when you came in, and your, your hair is going to start growing back in in 90 to 120 days. So it's not an immediate result. You are going to have to let that hair go through its hair cycling process for that hair to start regrowing. But usually by about six months, that hair is, a say, a quarter to a half inch in length, and then hair grows on average a quarter to a half inch in length on a monthly basis. Yes, the main healing is going to be the first seven days after surgery where you can have those small scabs where the hairs are placed for about a week and patients will oftentimes experience a little bit of puffiness around the eyes in the first few days. We're going to shuffle some chairs here real quick because we're going to bring in someone who has experienced a hair transplant and we're going to bring our guest Josh into the studio in just a bit. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. You're listening to Every Hair Counts. back here with Every Hair Counts. And now in the studio, we have Josh Clausen with us. And Josh, you found Jernigan's and were able to get a hair transplant. Tell us about your journey. How did this begin? How did you decide that you wanted to reach out to Jernigan's? Not just one, but I had two hair transplants, actually. I love them so much, I came back a second time. <laughs> but no, the first time what happened is I was actually teaching uh, at a local university, and we had these really long classes that we would teach. And during the break, uh, I just kind of mentioned, I noticed probably when I was about 27. I don't look at the back of my head often. And I had a mirror and I looked at the back of my head and I was like, why why can I see the scalp there? And so then increasingly over the next couple of years, I noticed it then more and more. And I was just kind of casually bringing this up during break with with class. And it was one of my students who's an older guy. And he said he just got his hair done at Jernigan's. And I was like, well, that's cool because we all know the big box names, the the Bosleys and whatnot. And I wanted someone local, someone that I can go kind of meet on a one-to-one basis. And he said, why don't you reach out to them? So I, I immediately reached out. Uh, and Natasha, it was like, come on in, let's chat. And immediately she calmed. I had tons of questions. She calmed all my fears. You know, I have long hair. I'm one of those individuals with the long hair that did the FUT methods. And I would always wear a hat or pull my hair up tight. And I was always worried that I was the cause of the hair loss. And she was like, no, no, this is a genetic thing. This is what we can do for you. These are all the different options. And I think two months later, I was in chair knocking it out. Now, you seem like a very outgoing guy, but for a lot of people, Making that call can be a pretty big hurdle to jump over. Was there any trepidation that you had trying to make that call, or was it just, hey, I want to see what's going on here. I've got my buddy here who's been to Jernigan's. Uh, I'm ready to make this call. I think there's always going to be apprehension for anything, especially something medical-related. But I just went in with the mindset that 
you can go in, sit down, ask questions, and have a conversation. You don't have to do anything that day. And that's exactly what I did. I went in, I asked all my questions. I got the reassurance. I got the feedback. I got the comfort. Everything felt right. Everybody there was nice. Everybody was very informative. It felt, it felt like the place, if I was going to do something, this is where I'd want to do it. And so it, once I did that, it took nothing for me to say, yep, let's go ahead and Let's go ahead and get it done. And Natasha, do you remember the first time that you met Josh? What was that conversation like and what was your, what were your interactions like with him? I do. I remember Josh quite well. Very nice guy. Very excited having seen someone else go through it and knowing what could be achieved by the hair transplant. That gives a lot of patients confidence, especially when they know, hey, someone else went through what I did and I can get the look that I want. For Josh, we just kind of went over his options to see if it was right for him. And he went home as a lot of people do. Sometimes it's not the right option for a patient. And he weighed his options and he decided to give us a call back and proceed with getting his hair back. Josh, on the show, we've discussed that there are a wide array of treatments available to people. How did you make the decision to settle in on a hair transplant? Well, the transplant in general was I went in there, I was, I think, 30, I was 29 years old and I decided I didn't want to be bald at 29. And in the thing, some people don't care. Some people look good with different hairstyles. I have long hair. So for me, if you have short hair and it kind of thins, you can get away with some things. Uh, my ears stick out and I have long hair. Going bald was not the look for me. It was something I cared about a lot. I wanted to go ahead and get it done. So I knew I wanted to get a transplant done. It was just a matter of where. After talking with Natasha, we went through several different things. And for me, because I have long hair, because I wanted the biggest yield possible, I went ahead and did the FUT both times because I don't wear my hair short, especially in the back. And even if I did in the future, there's many options you can do. You can actually have transplanted hair into the scars. You can have what's uh, they can a tattoo artist can actually put in, make it look like you have hair there. So if I ever wanted to shave the back of my hair, there's always things I could do to hide the scars. But for me, I wanted the most bang for my buck. I wanted to get the strip and, uh, and cover as much area as possible. All right, so you've made the decision. That's, that's the route that you're going down. What is it like the day that this is going to happen? What are you thinking? What is the experience like? Well, I can tell you from both times, they were completely different. I think most people have a fear and an uneasiness of the unknown is what it is. So the first time I went in, I was didn't know what to expect, kind of worried. You know, I did the strip, so they take the strip from the back of the head. They put the incisions in. They plant the hair. You have the recovery process, and nothing ever hurt. In fact, I'm watching movies. I'm, I'm cutting up, cracking up. Uh, some of the doctors that you had on earlier, I've become close with them, and we joke around. They, they keep you constantly on pain medication so you don't feel anything. There's no uneasiness. It was actually a very straightforward and easy process. In fact, I often joke, the, the worst part about it is about 48 to 72 hours after, those little bitty incisions scab over and your head itches. That's probably the worst part of the whole thing. The actual procedure itself, it's just a matter of time. You don't feel anything. There's no pain. The second time going in, I knew what to expect. And it seemed like the day went by faster. We were joking more, cutting up more. I was like, let's knock it out. The recovery time seemed to go faster. And I think that's just because I knew what was going on. But even going in unknown, it, it's not a bad thing at all. It's a one and done thing. And the best part about it is a hair transplant is permanent. So you go in and knock out a few uncomfortable hours of your head feeling numb from lidocaine, and then you have permanent hair for the rest of your life. And for me, that was an, that was an easy option to weigh. Yeah. I want to talk about the afterwards for you, Josh. When did you start noticing things starting to take effect? Sure. So both times I had it done, they were in early November. I had one done early November, 2020, and then I had one done early November, 2022. So I'm coming up on the six months of my second one. 
I don't know when this airs, but I think it's actually tomorrow, May 4th would be six months. And so for me, it takes a while because the hair actually, it's just the, the bulb that stays in and then the hair has to grow. So it has to go through the entire growth cycle. I did take pictures the whole time through my first one. And I noticed that I had it done, I think it was like November 5th, maybe 2020. And then I went to the beach in July of 2021. And it was such a radical difference. So around for me, you start to see baby hairs come through and you'll see a few things around month four, give or take, but really month six onwards to a year, you start to see a lot of coverage, a lot of thickening because also when that those first hairs come through, they're kind of wispy. They're not thick. They're not strong hairs. And as it grows out, not only do you have the, all the hairs coming through, but they're also getting thicker. So really from about month six, all the way through that, that first year, it is insane. The growth coverage. Take me back to that sixth month mark after the first transplant, where you're at the beach and you you notice, all right, this is this is kicking in. How how do you feel? Amazing in that moment. Yeah, amazing. Because like I said, I have long hair, so it was really easy for me to notice the differences. Not only because I was thinning, or you know, I had for example, I had a cowlick on one area, or I didn't even realize my hairline had receded until they fixed it. But not only that, because the hair's long, it weighs the hair down, so it kind of accentuates the fact that you don't have hair in certain areas. And I remember I had gotten out of the shower, I brushed through my hair, I looked in the mirror, and all of a sudden it looked as if I had hair coverage all over. And at that moment, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is absolutely amazing for me because I love to wear my hair down, but I, I will openly say that it did affect me and the way I feel about myself. So I didn't like the fact of wearing my hair down if you had ball spots. And now I could walk around with my hair down and have no worries whatsoever. So for me, it was an, it was an absolutely tremendous feeling. Natasha, that, this has got to be such a cool experience to go on this journey with Josh. It is. It's always wonderful hearing from a client, hearing them say, I feel better about myself. I enjoy this look. I feel like myself again. I didn't like what I saw when I looked in the mirror, and now I don't even think about it when I walk by a mirror. Josh, a lot of people who are listening to this and watching this, they were in your shoes, man. They are experiencing what you previously experienced what would you want to say to someone right now considering a hair transplant or who's looking for a way to restore their hair? Sure, yeah. We all have things that we like and we don't like. We all have things that bother us and don't bother us. There's a lot of things I don't care what people think, but my hair is something I really do value, something I like. I like having the long hair. I like the look of it. I like the coverage. So for me, it did affect me a lot personally. So I knew I wanted to get it fixed one day. So for me, what I would say is if you're on the, if you're on the fence about it, just set up a consultation. It takes nothing but 30 minutes of your time just to go get your questions answered, just to go meet the people. These are the people that are going to be with you. You know, this, this journey is not just a one-day procedure. They check on you three months, six months, a year after, follow up after that. I've even come in and, and I've gotten red light therapy while they've had their Christmas party and I say hey to everybody. These are people you get to know pretty well. So go in and actually meet them. They, it costs you nothing but 30 minutes of your time. And then you'll have a better informed decision on what to do. And if you decide to go through with it, just like anything in life, you may be apprehensive or you may be a little nervous, but you'll quickly see they calm all of that. There's, there's nothing. It's not a big deal at all. And once you get through that, the, the quick week or two of, of the itchy head, then you just get to wait and you get to see the results and know that no matter what, for the rest of your life, this is a, this is a permanent result. It's so cool to hear. Josh, thank you so much for your time yeah, and thank for you. sharing your story with us today. If you want to learn more, you can go to jernigan'shair.com. It's very easy to find information there to get a consultation as well. Jernigan's with a J, hair.com.
That will do it for this episode of Every Hair Counts. On behalf of Susan Jernigan, Natasha Octoberg, Dr. Sujeev Baines, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for being here for Every Hair Counts. If you'd like to learn more about permanently regrowing your hair, check out their website at jernigans.com. If you have other questions you'd like to have answered on the Every Hair Counts podcast, send them to jernigans hair at aol.com.